Welcome or welcome back to Backstage at the Customer Experience. I'm your host, Kathleen Peterson, founder and chief vision officer of Powerhouse Consulting. I've spent more than 30 years in the contact center industry. I've seen a lot, having worked with some of the world's top customer-focused companies across multiple industries. I tend to speak very candidly about everything, uh, particularly everything to do with the customer experience. And I look at it from the C level to the cube level. And I've explored what it takes to deliver five-star performances. That has been a bit challenged during this this year, 2020. And today I'm going to be discussing, I'm joined today by uh, Dennis Hauser, who is a senior powerhouse consultant. And we've been talking about the future view of work from home, particularly as it, of course, relates to uh, contact centers. So we're going to uh, kick it off with a high-level conversation about the fact that many of our clients have done a masterful job of moving their people from a premise-based environment to a work-from-home operation. Many who uh, initially said they would never do it, that it really wasn't on the table and it wasn't anything that uh, they were interested in. However, circumstances sometimes challenge our realities and that certainly happened to uh, so many organizations. And I think there's a lot to talk about with work from home. I think not the least of which is the fact that most people have gone home under what we would characterize as a disaster recovery model. Pick up a laptop, go home, hopefully you'll get enough bandwidth on that internet from your house to be able to um, you know, get in the system and, and, and do the job. But it has been left with many of the attributes that normally would be considered uh, in a work from home model that we just didn't have time uh, to address. So I think what's happening now is there's a lot of conversations taking place because in order to maintain that work from home, there would be a lot of, at least in my mind, upgrades and up, you know, and corrections that would have to occur in order to make it successful for the longer term. And I'm also hearing a lot of scuttlebutt around the fact that uh, it's kind of like the blushes coming off the rose. Uh, everybody initially was, you know, they went home, they were enthusiastically taking on the demands of the job because in a lot of ways, at, when we first started this, nobody knew whether this was going to be short-term, long-term. We did know it was an emergency. And I think some of those peaks in productivity that we saw early on have begun to contract uh, because the reality has set in this, this may not be as temporary as we had hoped it would be. And the fatigue of working from home, I think, is starting to set in with some people. So there's been a lot of commentary um, in the things I'm reading anyway that there it appears that productivity is, is on the decline, as is uh, morale. And 
you know, not that I'm a mental health professional, but I can certainly read enough about the levels of uh, anxiety and depression and loneliness that we're starting to um, hear about on the front lines. Uh, what have you been seeing, Dennis? What do you think? Well, th this is uh, this is a great conversation. I, I think you uh, set it up perfectly that we all thought this was going to be a, a short term and then we would go back to people started talking about the new normal. But I think what we've done is uh, we've we've kind of turned a corner here and it's it's kind of a new reality, not a new normal. Um, I, I did a little uh, investigation uh, a couple days ago. I started looking at articles that were written in the before times, um, 2018. And if you read through articles about, um, almost all the articles started out with defining work at home, uh, telecommuting, working virtually, WFM with the acronym explained, <laughs> you know, it's on the rise. And um, even Upwork uh, had a future workforce report where they predicted that, uh, or, or they had polled a, a thousand hiring managers and they said one third of hiring managers expected to have significant remote teams in 10 years. <laughs> So that was in 2018. Um, That's a short 10 years. <laughs> that is an incredibly short 10 years. And the top issues in these articles were how to keep employees engaged, um, tools and tracking, you know, what technology needed, how do you make sure that everybody is being as productive as they would be, you know, inside of a building. Um, you know, in, in the last, you know, five or six years, you know, technology has caught up with work at home. And it, and it was pr pretty fortunate that the technology was available to send everybody home. But culture, you know, I still remember in my operational days sitting, uh, talking to CEOs, COOs who said, yeah, nobody's going to work from home. Mm -hmm. We're just not, we're not going to allow it. Uh, it's not, it's not the way work is done. And then of course that's changed. That's changed completely. And I, I, I think that's, um, it's so interesting to have gone back to the um, the before times, which I think is, uh, I like two things. I like the before times, and I like it's not a new norm, normal, it's a new reality. Um, and it's also, you know, interesting that before they were really, you know, we were forecasting, well, how do you keep employees, you know, engaged? And, and it was sort of a casual sort of like, isn't that nice? We have to do that. Um, you know, tools and, 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 and tracking is interesting because, of course, the call center is abundant with uh, productivity challenges. And I think it's interesting. I started doing a little reading myself, getting ready for this about this part of it. And there's interesting feedback emerging that it seems to take longer to launch a new initiative or to get people uh, trained. You know, training is tougher for this remote workforce. Projects tend to take longer. Training, I from the people that I've spoken with, is a real hurdle to get over. The other thing I'm seeing and, and reading about is the onboarding and integrating of new employees has become abundantly more complicated um, and in that case I think people 
emerge as less connected. So even in brand environments where the brand is pretty intense and people get onboarded and they get, you know, uh, integrated, when you're not in a premise-based environment, that village is, is, is gone. And I think there's some concern on the part of, um, you know, different leadership uh, levels that younger professionals aren't developing at the same rate as they would in an office. Uh, that we're not, you know, we're not being able to have people blended in a varied tenure operation so they can, you know, the things you can't even put in a training class occur through nuance and conversation and bumping into somebody, watching somebody do something, being there when someone's explaining how they handled that crazy person they just had to speak to. Well, I, you know, it's, um, so the before times, those articles are um, adorable. Uh, right. The, uh, but flash forwarding, I, you know, I, I started, uh, so, okay, what's it like now a, a few months into this new reality? And Gallup just had a poll out, um, 60% of Americans are working uh, full or part-time at home. And so if you think back to that Upwork, uh, Upwork's uh, future workforce report, that means that the number of people um, who are working at home is twice what they expected in one-fifth the time. Well, And so what, what I'm seeing is, and not unexpectedly, this is really more than technology, though some companies are just, uh, you know, saying you just send people home. But it's kind of like the same thing when catalogs arrived, you know, the, the businesses had to, you know, decide how to do business differently. E-commerce, that's not the same thing as bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. Curbside delivery versus dine-in, that's totally different. And so I think there's an opportunity and um, uh, an absolute critical uh, thinking that needs to change. Work at home needs to now be designed newly from scratch. You can't just trans, you know, transport people out of the cubicle into that um, maybe marginal workspace in their home and expect the same outcomes. Well, and I think that's also an interesting part of work from home. In my mind, it's sort of a task-driven operational environment you know that it's I have to do a B or C but those tasks are contextualized when we're together in our culture in our brand in how we learned about it what we know and we're just not I don't believe as many as many tasks as we have in the contact center I think a lot of those tasks particularly now come with an an enormous amount of emotional energy. People, the consumers are challenged. I mean, the consumers are calling their bank cards because they can't pay their bills. They're, they're looking for relief. And these folks in the contacts that are handling this call after call after call, in many cases, you know, whether it's financial or healthcare or uh, or, or any number of industries, you may be talking with people who are distressed and you're distressed. So 
it's great from an empathy perspective, but from a uh, from a how do I what kind of energy am I collecting all day long, and how do I deal with that energy? If I'm in the village, I've got somebody right next to me. I can say, "Oh my God, that person was so difficult," or "It was such a sad story." But now you're alone. You've got nothing but your next call. And I think we're seeing that weariness and that fatigue manifest in productivity challenges, availability issues, and a lot of contact center people, well, none of us are really trained medical, you know, mental health professionals, but we need to start putting that into our conversations and our thinking. When I see a reduction in productivity, I'm not going to go after the agent. You know, I'm going to look at, gee, I sent him home with a 13-inch laptop screen. That's nice. No external keyboard, maybe not even an external mouse. And I'm going to ask him to navigate through three, four, five, I don't know, 10 applications, back and forth, round and round, and you know, expect that they're going to do things as fast or faster there that party's over you know we're not really going i think until we address and solve the morale the connection the engagement this is a big hill i think for a lot of our more complex contact centers to adopt i i, I could not agree more um as you know i uh, i did something um, probably incredibly silly i relocated from chicago to virginia during the pandemic um, quite uh, quite the adventure and as a result i had to uh change um had to change my um insurance and i was calling blue cross blue shield uh, about three days ago and in the middle of the conversation a uh, toddler went to defcon one in the background <laughs> and um you know the agent immediately hit the mute button um dead air for probably three minutes you know but i, I hung tight i knew what was going on and uh, when she came back um, so apologetic, I said, look, I, I've been in the call center world all my career. I know exactly what happened. I really appreciate you. And um, just that connection um, and that that's going to be replayed, you know, 50 times a day for her. That's going to be played thousands of times a day across the, you know, nation. and so uh, you're right. We have to figure out how do you script and support those kinds of interactions um, when you send people home? Well, and I think you also just made an interesting point that we should consider, even as consumers, it would be nice to be kind. Uh, you know, just to be able to acknowledge that we're all, you know, that whole, I granted I might be a little weary of the phrase, but you know, we're kind of all in this together. And if I can help help somebody feel a little better about their day it's amazing to me when you compliment a call center person and i try to do it a lot because i'm hoping i make the recording um you know although there are times i talk to the recording about something that's stupid i'll say to the agent i'm not talking to you i'm talking to the recording i hope someone hears me um but these folks are <sighs> weary um and and that whole uh acknowledgement of what we're you know what we're dealing with in the reality months ago a, a baby crying would in the background would get you fired 
Uh, now you can have dogs barking, babies crying. It's like a country song, you know. It's like call the call center. Well, you um, you just you just reminded me of a Lily Tomlin quote from back in the day, where uh, she would at some point in her stand up, uh, she'd look into the camera and said, "Now remember." We're all in this alone together. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and sometimes, sometimes you feel that way. And, you know, when I look at uh, how leaders choose to interact with their remote workforce, uh, I'm sometimes stunned by the lack of empathy or even... Uh, thoughtfulness towards uh, these folks who are not getting the kind of uh, support that would normally occur on a regular basis. And quite honestly, I think as we look at this, in the next several years, we're going to be even more successful in self-service. We're going to be offloading more and more uh, activities. Oh, we're going to get better at things like e-commerce and I won't have to call you because sometimes I think, gosh, we spend a lot of time, money and activity trying to solve for when people call us. I wonder what would happen if we spent that much time trying to fix the reasons why they call us. You know, maybe that's, it just seems to be a chronic condition. But when we look at um, that emerging complexity that's going to be handled by our human assets or capital, however you want to look at people, um, then we got to ask ourselves, will this model be sustainable with the level of complexities that we're going to be putting forward into these people's world because that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, all the easy stuff will be self-serviceable. Absolutely. And what's left is the stuff that a human needs to deal with. And they need to be well supported. I, I think we're delusional if we think that a work from home model is actually cheaper. I, I, I also saw on a couple of job uh, uh, postings on the, on the internet that work from home job postings that came with a complete list of what requirements you had to bring as an agent in a call center you have to have a they're asking you to provide your own uh technology your own laptop and it's got a list of you know 17 configurable requirements and I thought to myself, what is wrong with you people? These people are going to work for you. You've got to provide them with the tools to do their job. I mean, they're not some, you know, temporary landscaper who's got to bring his own mower. Uh, you know, these are people who are employees. And don't you want to control what that technology looks like? I mean, to me, I look at that and I think, that's the last place I'd want to work because if they're not even going to give me the number one tool required to do my job, then I don't think much else is going to come you know, behind that that I'm interested in. So I think that there's this sort of collision course coming up where the next generation of work from home is being built now and companies are going to be competing for those excellent contact center resources and if they're competing by not provisioning the 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 workforce with the tools that they need then they're going to suffer the consequences of not being able to recruit the right people so 
I, I think that is exactly right. Um, again, you just triggered something in my long distance past. Um, I, I remember managing a call center where we went out and purchased the first, very first generation of predictive dialers. And so I had a telemarketing group of about 30 people who up until that moment in time, you know, uh, tore off some green bar paper, uh, went through, made their notes on it, would dial the phone manually, listen to the, you know, the ringtone and, you know, deal with answering machines. And I put in this five station predictive dialer. And the, the mutiny was palatable. Uh, <laughs> ball and chain. Um, I can't believe you're going to, you know, make me do all this work. And uh, we, we put it into place. Everybody hated it. And, and I say this with love. It broke. Thank goodness. And it broke so hard that they had to fly parts in. And so the dialer was down for three days. The mutiny to get it back up because people realized that dialing the phone listening was much less fun than just go ding, talk to a person, ding, talk to a person. So the the technology, you know, it, it's important. And so uh, the reason I bring that up is I think you're exactly right that in the not too distant future, top call center talent will look at people saying, bring your own technology. They'll say, no, I don't want to work there. I'm right. going to work for the place that I'm used to getting the best technology, and I am going to grade your, your your opportunity based upon how much you support me in that in that regard. Well, it, it's it, it's uh, it's one of those things that says something about you, honestly, um, because you know when we look at the people who've been sent home with 13 or 15 inch screens. And in the office, they have dual monitors. Um, you really need to provision your people with the dual monitors. And I think all of these things, giving them the tools they need, setting up a dedicated internet connection so that we don't compromise voice quality or transmission issues by being uh, operating on the cheap, so to speak. We, because those are the things I think that make people feel sta cared about, stable, uh, they don't have to fight with their tools in addition to fighting all the, um, you know, people are in family situations. People have lost their jobs. People are, you know, are, are, are taking care of their children. Children can't go to school. Somebody's got to, you know, there are so many issues attacking these people that we neglect to think that that something... I don't know that people might think as small as a phone call from your supervisor. I mean, I've, been, I've read things that say, you know, that you should call people every other day and not and video calls. That's the other thing. We went home without cameras in a lot of these laptops and now the whole world is going Zoom. Training is almost, uh, you know, as much as we think about e-learning, we've seen a lot more people using video learning interfaces again, for those things that are complex or need people to interact with one another. The other thing I've seen is people are having smaller groups so that we can have six or eight people in a, in a Zoom meeting so that we can actually have some sort of collaboration and discussion. But those sorts of things build the, oh, I don't know, you know, it, it sort of builds the, uh, 
the the arena in which you're going to be operating in and you're not constantly feeling as if you're playing catch-up and I think those are the things that organizations who care about their people are going to want to know you know who's dealing with some tough things what can we do for you you cannot just translate that uh, tried and true uh, training module that you've been using for three years in a classroom of 20 people and just say, oh, well, we'll just do that via Zoom. It, it, it requires a, a reconsideration designed from scratch. How do we deliver the proper support? Because you're right. I mean, when I hang up the phone as a call center agent, I'm not turning to my friends and family. I'm, I'm isolated. <laughs> really? And so that isolation is palatable. And you and I talked about this offline is there are no small issues right now. Oh, you know, so true. the newspaper doesn't come here on time. You blow up. <laughs> you know, there there are no small well, issues because know, the angst is so deep. And I think that's that that's true for all of us, whether we're not whether we're in a call center or whether we're you know, we're uh, just we're all working from home. All of us are. And the no small issues. The other day I got an email announcing some some seminar, you know, or some thing that that someone was sponsoring so it looked interesting to me so i thought oh i'll pay for this i'll sign up i go through the entire process and then it won't accept my registration and then i send a note to the organizer or the info at and i get a message back and it says oh sorry this is only for end users or um you know paying sponsors or something and it's like I felt like, oh, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I'm not welcome at this seminar because I'm a consultant. It's like, what about the three clients I was going to bring? Let's not bring that up because now you're on my on my not so favorite list of organizations and people. Because I and then all I could think of actually when I when that happened yesterday was us having had that conversation about there were no small things. I mean. I actually, I think in my in my previous days would have known better as I was doing it, thinking they probably don't want consultants in this, but it never occurred to me. And I felt like, well, if you're going to send out this big blast email, at least you should write on it that you're not welcome. You know, take me, take me. I'm so of course I have unsubscribed because now my feelings are hurt. But I think that that is actually <laughs> a factor of the the isolation. And the and and that's you know the little things. It's like this little thing that would never bother you normally is now like, wow. On the other hand, you know, I had a meeting with some, you know, folks who just wanted to pick our brains, and uh, you know, we we went through this little meeting with them. And then I got a box of two bottles of wine. So you know, I mean, the so the little things also really. You know, when someone takes a moment to write a note or send you something, it's really, you know, it's 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 meaningful. And I think it's stupid to ignore all of those um, requisite interactions to give people something to look forward to. Yeah, and I think um, I, the, the other thing that I thought need, really needs to go by the wayside, and, and as an old call center guy, um, I can remember baking into my training, you know, how to hang, handle an angry customer, how to do this, how to, and one of the modules was, what do you get when you get a lonely, chatty person on the phone? How do you get off the phone quick? So that was the whole point. Well, now 100% of your callers as a company 
are lonely. Mm-hmm. And what I, I think we need to throw that module out and and pull in the you know the the two minute therapy module that you know really does convey uh, a sincere you know how you doing um, you know is there anything else I can do and 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 mean it and 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 do that because everybody who calls you isn't talking to their neighbors and their family right now and not for, yeah and yeah. not having something hanging over your head that said. Uh, Oh, your handle time was a minute higher oh, today. Oh, you handle know, time should um, be even less important uh, today than it was well, it, yesterday. It, and because we're already on the, uh, we're already kind of in the land of we are handling things that your systems, your self-service options aren't able to handle. Exactly. And and in that, that and the fact that we're in a completely disrupted society uh, globally. Uh, really requires us to do things differently. Not even, just like you said with training, you can't just take your premise instructor-led training and somehow put it in a Zoom uh, meeting and think you have accomplished the objective. It's just not, and, and people need, you know, they really need to know how to use video. People really need a lot of, you know, they need a lot of development in that department. Um, but I think here's the other thing before we close. I think the other thing that I've seen lately that I, that I didn't really embrace before, but I think that some of the gamification interfaces where the agent can build a profile, it's almost like a Facebook page, so everybody can kind of start learning about one another and, and have you know collaborative spaces that they can you know, shoot the breeze in, you know, like, uh, like virtual break rooms and things like that. So I, I just, I guess I'm hoping that as we are watching these dynamics be evaluated and, and, and decisions being made, that the balance of the needs of the human are as well represented as the needs of the company or you know the needs of the consumer because we're we're going to be the people taking care of the consumer and if no one's taking care of us or them you know it's just not going to be what it really should be um and and i think that's going to put an additional responsibility on leaders at every level i mean the if a supervisor is leading a team, that supervisor has to be able to interact effectively on multiple pistons, if you will. And then whoever the supervisor reports to also needs having somebody, you know, look at them and not go, well, how many people showed up or how long are your calls? They should be saying, what do you need from us? How can we help you? Can we, you know, I mean, we've got, a lot of clients who, you know, people have been giving retention bonuses. They're sending out gift cards to people, sending care packages. Um, and I think those little momentous things mean something to people. Uh, one of our clients said, one of the, uh, I call it kids, but one of the frontline agents, when we asked, what do you miss most? And she said, we had this wheel of fortune in the call center and you could spin it for almost, you know, anything. And then you'd get these prizes. And, you know, it was like, it was, it was interesting that that was the, that was the takeaway. 
Um, and I actually think we're going to see a more hybrid model as we continue in this. People are going to be roaming in and out of the office. Um, I know a couple of organizations who have gone full boat back to the back to the um, office and they're wearing masks and face shields. But, you know, this particular company I'm thinking of has been, you know, they've been at it now for probably four weeks, maybe five, of migrating people back in and, and they have no cases. Of course, they're healthcare. They have a nurse on site. They're testing every week. They, you know, they make sure that they're very safe. They've got plenty of room so they can distance safely, socially distant. But um, there's a lot of decisions to be made around this. I agree. And um, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. So we'll look forward to doing this again then. I, uh, I made a bunch of notes here. I, I saw you making notes, so uh, it sounds yeah. like uh, we were going to have some great conversations. Absolutely. Well, it's always good to talk with you, Dennis. And um, in closing, you can send any comments, questions, concerns to info at powerhouse1.com. That's the digit one. And uh, please join us again. Till then, be well and stay safe. <laughs>